everybody welcome back to another episode of tales to testimony today i have a special guest who is special to my heart and a lot of people out there because he's been a blessing to this generation in more ways than one um he is the lead pastor of bangalore revival center india and he's also the director of revive nations uh, uh india Apart from that he's an amazing human great father and idol husband and the list goes on uh and I would want you to welcome with me Pastor Priti Vargas pastor thank you for joining thank you thank you for having me here it's such a joy and I truly believe that what you're doing is significant what you're doing is changing lives and uh, I'm excited to be here Thank you so much. So I would start with asking you that if you I I don't know if I did a good job or not but I want to ask you if you were to introduce yourself how would mm-hmm. you do that? I would not necessarily give all the technical details. I would just say that I of course I I'm proud about who God is in my life and how my life has turned out to be because of my relationship with God. So I I would like to call myself a friend of God. I'd like to call myself a a, a slave, a bond slave of Jesus, you know. Although I don't know if I can like properly qualify myself to be all of that, but that's what I would like to be or you know, that's how I'd like to introduce myself. Great. That's well put. Uh okay, so you're ready to jump into questions right? Okay so the very first question would be tell me a, a little about where were you born to whom were you born a little about your childhood and how the story yeah. of Priti Vargas started Yeah I was uh, should I start all the way from when I was conceived I was in Shimla I was born in Patanamthitta and uh, yes, yes uh, I was born in a town called Tiruvalla in Kerala and when I was just 60 days old my parents they brought me to Mumbai Uh, so my dad he was in the army um like all his life uh, he worked in the army uh, so he wasn't really around uh, when i was born but i was born in kerala and then my relatives some of them along with my mother they brought me to mumbai but i grew up in mumbai yeah so staying in your childhood i would want to ask how was it um as you said your father was in army a lot of time he was not around how was it for you to uh, not having him around like growing up as uh, mm. did it affected you or you were like all okay i don't think i felt the effect at that time because my mom was really strong she filled in for all the things that dad wow. would have to do so i didn't really feel the the physical lack of dad not being around but growing up after having grown up and uh, you know after being a father myself i would have loved to do all of these things with my father too you know uh, but i understand that what my dad was doing was also honorable yes uh, he was not being irresponsible mm-hmm. or he was not being not there because he didn't want to be, to be there, there. Uh, some of the places where he was posted were places where he cannot take his family with him uh, he did have the option of uh, taking his family along with him everywhere he went uh but uh he chose to prioritize our education and our being settled in one place and you know most of the kids uh, of these people that work in the army or the navy or the air force 
uh, their kids, they don't have permanent friends because every few years they get yes. transferred to a new place. Uh, so, and they don't really have a, like a, you know, structured life. Uh, so that's it. I don't want that for my kids. And he actually prioritized us. And uh, so back in the day, I didn't really miss that mm. that much. But now looking back at mm. how life could have been, I know that, you know, I would have definitely enjoyed more FaceTime with my father. Uh, what happened is that, you know, my dad would um, be home for two months during his vacation. And so there was very limited time for us to get to know him, for him to have conversations with us. So we had this great affection towards him, great love towards him, but we didn't really know how to communicate well, you know, uh, because I know that he was very strict. I know that he was very particular as to how things has to be. Uh, so uh, the conversations would be very formal. It would be very uh, yeah, not personal at that at that point of time, you know, uh, but uh, growing up, I have seen how, you know, dad has made so much efforts to communicate. I've had, I've gotten so much opportunities to just sit, talk to him, learn, grow, all of that. Uh, so, yeah, my dad's an awesome guy. You know, I, I can keep talking about my dad oh, for a long time. That's so good to hear. That's so good to hear. Okay, so let's stay a little bit in your childhood. You spoke that um, your dad sacrificed a lot for you to have a proper education. So let's go to school. So how were you in school? How were you? You were a studious student, you were naughty, you were like very sincere, quiet. All of it. Oh, really? <laughs> so I, you know, I would, there would be seasons where I would be like, seasons would mean there would be uh, places or uh, there would be, how, how can I put it? Like, you know, in some places I'll be extremely an introvert. In some places, I'll be all out there, all outgoing, very mischievous. In some places, I'll be uh, very studious. I knew where to study, where to, uh, you know, make musty, where yeah. to go quiet. Um, you know, if I have to look at myself, I was very, I was very much of an introvert, like, you know, mm. back in the day. And I wasn't very confident about, you know, being in the forefront or talking to people. Mm. or introducing myself or you know just making conversations mm. but uh, what happened is over, over a period of time there were a few guys that came alongside and I became their gang leader and then you know that naturally that yeah. uh, that baigiri came and you know he used to like that was a, a rough plus good you know face of my life back in the day yeah so how was your transition from all this school life to college life? How, how were you there? Um, was it a drastic change? Or yeah, I think it was for me because most of my friends didn't come into the same college that I did. Okay. Uh, so everybody got dispersed after from school to college. So I, I felt very lonely in college. Oh. Uh, except like one or two friends here and there. Because I, I go from a gang of 15, 20 guys and the whole class, you know, we were very united. Uh, from first standard to 10th standard, we didn't really even change divisions. We were in the same division, That's same crazy. class from for like 10 standards. And uh, but then they're from there going from a group of, you know, closely knowing 15, 20 people and daily interacting with mm. 60 kids to like not knowing anybody at all. And on top of that, I am an introvert. That was kind of hard. I. I found myself very lonely in the 
college days uh, that did affect me in a way because it affected my grades, it affected my interest in studies also. Um, but, uh, you know, on the long run, I found some solace and other things that uh, I felt that the Lord was also calling me to do in those seasons of life. So, yeah. So, uh, what would be that one thing uh, that like there's there are there a lot of people when you say about college life when they are there in their late teens and early 20s is some these kind of emotion like really hit you that you're separated from your family your friends and all of that so same as you explained about yourself when was the time or what was the shift that helped you get out of it um for me uh it was more or less like uh you know i had to discover who i am mm -hmm. I had a lot of uh, expectations of how my life is going to turn out to be mm. because um, you know I have my own role models and I had my own idols mm. you know so to speak and then when I see myself and I'm also growing right mm. when you're just a yeah. teen you can imagine my my emotions are evolving my dreams are evolving my ambitions are also evolving uh, so I had to like really go on the journey to discover who I really am. Mm -hmm. Because uh, when I was in my school, I got a lot of validation from my friends and, you know, they'll, they'll all celebrate me and I was happy. And then I didn't have that and yeah. then I was unhappy. And so for me, the journey of discovering who I am, who I truly am, and that I don't have to be necessarily dependent on what others say about me. Uh, that journey, that transition was hard, but that was for me the life-changing transition because all my life I kept looking for validation from different sources. Uh, it could be from my home or it could be my best friends from my church, from people that I look up to or people that I'm friends with. Uh, and now here I am where I have to figure out, you know, yeah. that figure out my own identity. Yeah figure out my own individuality and know where I stand as a human being. Uh, who do I give my account to? Who am I accountable to? Uh, who do I submit to? Who do I surrender to? So that transition was for me the life-changing thing. Uh, so it's not like I became a Christian because, you know, I grew up in a Christian, Christian home. Uh, but, you know, even though I was a Christian, uh, reaching that place where I truly understand who God created me to be. Mm. Uh, that journey was life transforming. That just freed me so much, freed my thought process, mm. freed myself to uh, express as you know the Lord wanted me to express. And I'm not saying that I became perfect overnight, mm. but just that 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 there was that sense of freedom that now I don't uh, care about what others think and others yeah. say not in an arrogant way yeah. that I'll do whatever I want to but uh, the fact that I, I I love people around me mm. but at the same time I'm not uh, at the mercy of others opinions mm. so that transition was life-changing for me yes yeah. so uh, little that you mentioned I, I would want uh, to touch that that how was it uh, growing in a Christian family um, were your relationship with God, was it always strong? You just mentioned that it grew, uh, but was there, there a certain point or a certain event 
or it grew with your age and with your circumstances? How was that? So, um, you know, growing up in a Christian family was, of course, very religious, you mm. know, it was that we used to go to church on a Sunday and we used to be in all the fellowships. But something that we couldn't deny as we were growing up was that God is real because we would have undeniable miracles in church and undeniable stuff, you know, mm. like we couldn't go two, three weeks without repenting if we have, we have we are hiding something you know i grew up in a home where my mom for example she would uh, she doesn't know this as much but each and every one of her dreams would be prophetic like if i'm hiding something or if i've been not expressive or something is going wrong in my life she will see a dream about it and she'll come and tell me i think you need to pray about this and I, inside me i know i'm i'm trembling with the fear of god because uh, man god is showing this to her i know it for for a fact but i i'll just say okay mommy i'll i'll just pray but in fact all of her dreams will be prophetic so growing up you know there was no doubt about the fact whether god is real or not that that never came because there was such a expression of god's raw power as as we grew up whether it be in church whether it be at home, whether it be, you know, any, any of the conversations we'd be engaged in. The, the shift really was, uh, for me, was to, uh, where, uh, to come to a place where all of this becomes very personal. Mm. Where, uh, you know, he's not just our God. But my God. Now he's my God. And what does that truly mean? Mm. What does it mean to now surrender my life to him? What does it mean to make him my Lord? Mm. What does it mean to live a life that is, uh, you know, devoid of mm. all the things I used to do back in the day? Yeah. So that was because even though I was in the church and even though I was, you know, a religious person, I had my own life. I, you know, even if you go to my hometown in Ambarnath now, you would find that almost every shop that has been there in Ambarnath from back in the day. I have robbed all those shops. I was, uh, you know, uh, this, uh, um. you know, for, I don't know what's the Hindi name to call it. I would, they, the, the shopkeeper will turn around and in that, I, I'll just say, can you give me that? Can you show me that? In that split second, I knew how to empty a few <laughs> things in the front. I knew how to sneak out crayons, pens, that, this. Like, there's hardly any shops where uh, I have not stolen from hardly any shops where uh, I have not gotten caught. Some shops I have gotten beaten up. I, I was a thief, technically. I was a big thief back in the day. and uh, So, uh, you know, I, but not because I didn't have. Mm. I, would, I would take all of this and go to my class and freely distribute it to my class. And in return, mm. I would get their validation. Uh, I'll become like their uh, hero, leader, their hero. leader. And, Everybody's fond of me and so I would do anything to please these guys. Mm. I would go out of my way. I would, if they asked me to like actually rob a bank, I would do that as well. You know, I was so yeah. much of a people pleaser yeah. that I would go to any extent to get their validation. So um, even though I had all these things mm. going for me that, okay, God was real in church. God was real at home. Making that transition from, okay, he's not just our God, mm. now he's got to be my God. Mm. That transition took some time, you know, that transition uh, 
for me it came in a bible study in a regular bible study where i remember it was pastor vijay thomas he is a very renowned man of god in the christian circles in the pentecostal circles uh, he came to our church he was doing a bible study from the book of ephesians and uh, one night i don't even clearly remember what he was teaching but one night when he was sharing the word that one revelation just hit me about how god is my father and i am his son if i have received him and how i have to grow in the image of my father and that just completely changed my perspective within a month i decided to get baptized and uh, you know the the funny thing is the teachers in my school they said something has changed about you you are not like this uh, you know before the vacation after the vacation when you came back something has changed about you and that for me was a big thing that my teachers they recognized yeah. that something has changed about me yeah. Uh, so yeah so that that's how the transition was for me it's not from going from a non christian to a christian it was more like going from you know just a religious person to now trying to understand what what it means to have a relationship with mm. god i don't think i have i had yet figured out everything at that point mm. but then i had become more sincere more genuine wanting to like really change my life mm. from from that point onwards yeah that's great so was this the same time that you thought or uh, decided that you want to become a pastor and you want to do a, like be that one guy in the bible study who like i guess he did inspire you cuz he was that one man you went to a bible study so was becoming a pastor something that you wanted from a young age or it it's so, something that you never thought of so i you know in our church we used to have this vbs you okay. know it's it used to be run by this organization called c child evangelism fellowship um an uncle jay and jay he still runs the same organization the same ministry in mumbai uh, so he would come to our church every vacation and he would uh, do this you know vacation bible school and he'll tell us stories of missionaries mm. of missionaries going to africa and missionaries going to this nation that nation mm. and how god used them in those nations uh, so even though i didn't know what it means to be a pastor or a missionary at that point i think this is way before i even got saved mm. technically i was not even saved when i did this uh, on my bible i had written uh, that i want to go as a missionary to africa i would one day i would like to go to africa as a missionary uh, and you know when i was growing up it was like a known fact for my entire church that this guy is going to be a pastor not because of my habits or lifestyle it's because every prophet that would travel anywhere close to ambarnath will come and lay hands on me and say you'll be a pastor you know don't waste your money or time anywhere else just you know this is this guy is for the ministry and uh, even my mom you know even before i was born she had dedicated me for the lord's work uh, so that was not a surprise for me for me it was not a uh it's it's not like okay one day i decided yeah. to step into ministry i always knew mm. that some somewhere down the line I, this is what i'll be doing mm. it's just a matter of figuring out what steps to take and you know when to you know make that transition and when will i start doing what i would start doing yeah Uh, also being a pastor you are a pastor of uh, bangalore revival center i would want to ask how did uh, brc got birth like how the idea of brc came into picture 
I think it was all uh, one step at a time. It was a process. Mm. You know, like, although I knew that I was called to do ministry, mm. I didn't really, uh, you know, like jump into um, a place where I wanted to, like now start planting Church. churches or any of that. Uh, I got, technically speaking, when I first started doing ministry, mm. it was because somebody like technically pushed me into, you know, somebody was uh, doing a ministry mm. and he had to leave the country. Mm. So he asked me, Priji, would you like to come with me for two weeks? Mm. He took me for a few weeks and he's like, okay, bye. You carry this on. I'm <laughs> going to the US and he left to the US. So I usually tell people that I got fooled into doing, uh, into into the ministry. ministry. But, but uh, that's how the journey began. Mm. But uh, that was just the start and then that was, I, by the way, I started in a village. My ministry started in a village about, uh, this was about an hour away from the city, the town of Amberna. Mm. I would, uh, at the age of 14, mm. I would cycle from my home uh, to this village mm. uh, for almost an hour. After my school, I would cycle and I would go twice a week to go and uh, teach. There were some kids who you know, would gather and uh, teach the kids. So, uh, and then sorry I to would... cut you off. How old were you then? 14. Ah. I was 14. So, at the age of 13, I got saved. Yeah. I got baptized and immediately, you know, all this, I, I was on fire for the Lord. I just wanted to. So, when this brother said, no, uh, come join, see what I'm doing. I went, gladly I went. I didn't know that he's about to leave in some time. I went, but in some time he left and then I was left to do it myself. I enjoyed that process. Uh, but, uh, in a few years, I lost touch with the people there mm. and then I became very passionate about serving the Lord because that experience had taught me so many things. Mm. Um, and then I started serving with, uh, you know, as a student leader in ICPF. Uh, it's a student organization for uh, those in the colleges and then uh, from there, uh, you know, I started uh, serving in uh, uh, churches wherever I got an opportunity, somebody mm. would say, okay, would you come lead worship here? Would you come preach? You know, I would just go and mm. I would serve there. And, uh, but there came a point where I had to like really, uh, you know, take a break mm. and re-understand what ministry really is. Mm -hmm. Because I was doing a lot of things, uh, but I, I just felt that it didn't resonate with my life. Mm. Like I was preaching something and I know what I'm preaching is the true thing mm. but it didn't truly completely reflect in my own life. Mm. So I just stepped down from everything, took a nine month long break and uh, you know just came back home, locked myself up in the room. I just sat and prayed and cried and did a lot of hangama before God. Uh, and then in that season, uh, God, you know, clearly gave me my vision. Mm. So till that point, I knew that I'm called for ministry because somebody else told, told me. You. But here, now God started revealing his heart to me. Mm. So now after that point, when I actually started doing ministry, it was, you know, it just, it just took a different meaning altogether. And that was the point where we, I planted something all by myself in Ambarnath itself. Mm. And when I was serving there, the Lord spoke to us and, you know, 
uh, I had now that is Ambarnath Revival Center, uh, and the church from there released me to come to Bangalore, and you know I came and planted a church here in Bangalore. So Bangalore Revival Center is not the first, first church yeah. that we planted. It was it began there, in that uh, nine month of uh, just waiting on God, crying and depending. One one fine one evening, I was walking on the road and I met Sasha and her sister in Ambarnath on the mm. uh, road, and the Lord said, "These are the guys you need to connect with." And we, I connected with them, and together we formed this fellowship, which later became the church. And so. So one thing at a time, but the 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 dependence on God's voice mm. was big this time. In the last season of my life, if you invite me, I'll come and preach. If you you know yeah. invite me, I'll come and help you, serve you. And all of that was there. But the next season of my life, it mm. was like, does God really want me to do this? Mm. So that eventually brought forth BRC, mm. and so now you know there is that sense of uh, you know peace that. I know that God wants me to do this. Yeah. So, uh, was it easy for you, like having uh, um, planted Ambarnath Revival Center, having it all there? Was it easy for you to just move into a different city and start a church? What is? Um, it wasn't. It wasn't easy. Like I definitely had my own fair share of struggle, especially because Bangalore was new to me and. Mm. Um, I loved my team back in Ambarnath, and I I never thought that I can do without all of them, yeah. uh, and also because we were seeing such a great move of God there. Yeah. That is something I didn't want to leave. You know, I can leave people, I can leave uh, everything else, but we were having baptisms every week. We were having uh, new people come in every week. We were having crazy visions. Mm-hmm. Like I still remember one Muslim girl walked into our fellowship and. She just walked in within the first five minutes. She said, "I saw Jesus walking in," and she just gave her life to the Lord. No preaching, no worship, nothing, you know. And this was like regular testimonies, you know. So I didn't want to leave that for anything in the world. But God spoke and spoke and spoke again and again, confirming, "This is what uh, I want you to do." And uh, so I just obeyed and I came. So the process was very much backed by God. It was hard. Um, because when I came here, it was like a completely new place for me. No language, no no money. <laughs> money was like you know, I I didn't have any money, and then you know, I didn't have any people. I didn't know anybody in the city. Uh, so starting from the scratch was very hard, but God was so faithful in all of it. My next question will be still in the pastoral realm. Um, what are the challenges that you face or faced as a pastor uh, that you never knew existed before you became one? Um, as a pastor, you know, I think uh, the there are many, of course. Mm. You know, I can talk about it for a whole night and morning. <laughs> and, but I think few of the important ones were things like, wait, you know, pastoral mm. responsibility means you're going to be dealing with people mm. and people are not perfect yeah and people are not all the same mm. like because i worked on i used this approach on this person and it worked doesn't mean that will work with everybody else so true so i had to also become a student of people you know mm. it's it's different because we in 
in Christian ministry, sometimes we spiritualize it by saying, okay, it's all about God. It's all about mm. how much you know God, which is true. No doubt about it. But the thing is, uh, sometimes even though we know God, because we don't know how people are, mm. we fail to translate that God to these people. Because when we are trying to minister to a particular group of people and we are trying to talk in a language in a way that they understand. You know, Jesus, when he would speak to his people, he would always use parables that will make sense, sense to them. Yeah. He used parables of the farmers or the shepherds or uh, the, the, the wise servant. All of these terms were terms that they were familiar with. Mm. Because the Jewish nation in that point was a slave, was a servant to a Roman government. The Jewish nation were farmers and shepherds. So he used terms and terminologies that made sense to them. So to become a student of the people that you're serving, as much as you love God and you're a student of mm -hmm. scriptures and student of God, that was something that, you know, I always used to have a, you take it or leave it. You know, this is who I am. This is <laughs> what I'll give you. You want it, you take it. You know, but then the Lord just taught me a lot of, humility to just humble myself and say okay um, some people you have to if mm. they are assigned to you you have to love them serve them uh, wait for them to turn just because you know this person's transformation was overnight doesn't mean everybody's transformation will be yeah. overnight so true so that took a lot of uh, patience tears prayers you know? yeah that's so let's hit a lighter note, uh, talk sure. about your beautiful wife. Oh, come on. <laughs> You're so excited. So those of you who don't know, I did a episode with Pastor Rashmi Varghese last season, which was season first. I'll put the link below. And we do know her side of the story, of your love story. Okay. <laughs> so you ask these questions to her too, right? Uh -huh. So I... Yeah, so I, I want to still ask, what were your side of... Uh, your love story so you know i found a great friend in her you know i met her in in a relative's home in mumbai sorry in, a, in delhi yeah. and then she was just a really really good friend she was a good listener everybody that would call me they would call me to talk and pour out their heart so i didn't have any place where i could pour out pour. my heart so she was the one person I would call and I would say, you know what, this happened. You know what, we went there. You know what, we did this. Nobody was interested in listening to my stories, you know. She was like the only person who I would like talk and talk and talk for two, three hours. And she would say, ah, really? Okay. So I thought, man, she's a great listener. And she was also trying to learn who I was. Um, and uh, one thing that I really enjoyed about who she was, was that, she was very upfront about how she feels. She would not, because of the sake of that friendship, hide her real emotions. She would say, no, this is crap. You know, you should not be, <laughs> you should not be thinking like that. Or you should not be doing that. She was very blunt, you know. Yeah. So that, that's something that I admired about her. And then uh, one day I just happened to ask her, you know, would you like to... I tried to make it as non-confrontational and as non-conflicting as possible to make sure that she uh, doesn't have to immediately say a yes or a no or, uh, you know, answer. Were you afraid of a no? 
I wasn't afraid of a no as much as because I've always had heard a lot of no's from a lot of girls. <laughs> I don't know if that should go on the video, but you know, I I I, I think that that's the truth. <laughs> so because I had a lot of uh, no's, uh, I wasn't you know by this point I wasn't afraid of a no. Mm. But what I was afraid of was what if this is a mistake? What if? What if I have not heard right from God? What if I have? What if I'm just being emotional about this? What if I'm, mm. you know, just carried away? Mm. That that those were my fears, mm. you know, because I know that uh, the journey I am on is mm. very serious and very important, and I can I cannot mess it up with yeah. you know wrong choices that I make. Uh, so that was my fear, you know. What if? What if I? do the wrong things what if i say the wrong things what if i um you know judge this mm. incorrectly but then you know god was very merciful mm. even when i was wrong he helped and he uh, chose to surround us with good men and women of god good mm. friends who would uh, just come in and tell mm. us hey why don't you pray more why don't you do this why don't you read this book why don't you mm. just take it slowly and you know they gave us their um experiences and their stories and their lives to just mm. you know give us a wholesome picture that was the mercy of god that we didn't have to do this all by ourselves mm. you know so yeah wow i i would like to ask a question in, in that same area would be that uh it's so uh, just being newly married uh it's so hard so, like even when you're spiritual and you have a, had a walk with god and um it hits you at some point that is it the will of god and is mm. i'm doing that because it's like a lifetime commitment it's yeah. not like uh, we're going to buy a outfit which we don't like and mm. something so the pressure is also more uh, yeah. when you the god leaves the choice to you yeah so uh, what is the one or many things something that couples even after married that uh, like if they had a fight or if they have a argument in their heart to not feel like did i made a mistake mm. uh what will you say to like uh, overcome it or grow in that how how the journey work for you or will work for others i think it's a very normal question to think about wait did i make the wrong choice mm. but the thing is that is the way the enemy sows a seed of doubt mm. most times it's not even about uh did i is is it is it did i make a wrong choice or is was it god's will for me to be married to mm. this man or this woman mm. uh the the real question is what does god want me to change in my life right now mm. so that i can in this season surrender to his plan and will in my life see what we try to do is we want to know god's will God's will is so massive, so big, and it has so many different layers and dimensions that you cannot know it. Mm. No matter how hard you try, no matter how big of a prophet you are, you cannot know God's will in its entirety. Mm. You will know bits and pieces mm. of it. You will have glimpses of things, but you will not know it all. You cannot because it's too massive for you know our spirits to understand all of it. But the question we can ask, the real question we can ask is. how can i surrender to what god is doing in my life in this season mm. uh, what i would try to do early on in marriage is how can i change my wife you know how can i change her to think like me how can i make her 
more of a pastor like I am, you know. Mm. Whereas God didn't assign that role to me. That was never my job to try to make her a pastor like me, you mm. know. Because we, our personalities are very different. I'm somebody who will be like all, all the time, people, people, people. And, and she'll be like somebody who is all the time, no, we have our personal space first and we, we, we have our own privacy first and we have a home and we have children that we want to serve first and then mm. everything else, right? So that uh, difference of opinion, mm. uh, I was like, wait, you know, I want her to become like, like me. You. And, you know, so that was a, a big stumbling block. Mm. And as I grew in the Lord, I realized that what God wants me to do is to rather than asking if uh, this is the will of God, mm. what God wants me to do is to surrender to what he's doing currently in my life. Mm. So if he's brought a stumbling block like this in my life, it's not so that I can change her. It is so that I can grow in my understanding mm. of how, how, you know, she can probably be a pastor in her own way. She doesn't have to be me to, mm. she doesn't have to be a photocopy of who I am. Yeah. So growing and changing who I am was like a very, very crucial lesson for me, mm. uh, rather than trying to push the change on her. I think in, in, in a marriage, if both the husband and the wife, we, mm, both of us aim to change ourselves rather than changing the other person. Mm. Thing it'll become such a sweet place where where God can now work on both of you, and uh, you know you, you know you're both work in progress, and together you can be molded into the into being that family that God wants you to show off. Ah, that's such a great point to everybody who's getting married or married. Thank you. I'll do take that. So my next question would be, uh, rather than I would ask, want to ask, you have two amazing kids. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, he has two kids, one daughter and one son, Zahal and Israel. Uh, they're one of uh, the kids that reflects Jesus effortlessly. But it's, I can speak about them a lot, but let's come to you. Uh, what changed uh, after becoming a father? would be the first question uh, and in the line of that you can um, tell me what's the difference of being a father of a daughter and being a father of a son. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what changed uh, after I became a father, mm. but something that uh, dawned on me was that there is a, there is a huge responsibility on my hand now. Mm. Now I am not just responsible for me, now I'm responsible for someone else, you know, like marrying a person doesn't make you feel like that because she has her own free will and mm. choice and all of that. Right. But now when you have a child in your hands, you're like, man, this is a whole life, a whole soul yeah. that has been now given into your hands. You can actually mess this up. You know, you can actually destroy mm. something so beautiful and precious. So, so that weight of that responsibility was very scary. In fact, after I became a father, I became a better pastor because now I, I had more, uh, more uh, compassion towards my people, you know, rather than, you know, being a dictator, mm -hmm. rather than being a um, boss, I, I could 
see, wait, uh, not everybody is perfect. You know, it's a process of how you um, take them through different seasons of life. So uh, it was that that feeling of uh, feeling responsible for a whole life that was very heavy. Mm. But, and that's something that's still there on my heart. The one thing that um, actually gets my attention is if Rashmi would tell me, wait, this is affecting the kids. Wait, this is uh, hurting the kids. Wait, this is now damaging their relationship with God. Or this mm. is, uh, we, we didn't get to pray. Mm. You know, if she would complain on a lot of other things, other areas of my life, it doesn't alarm me as much as mm. when she would say, hey, do you know that because you went out to play cricket early in the morning, you missed your time of prayer with the kids. That, that hurts me because that's, mm. that's a responsibility that I cannot, you know, yeah. I don't mind sacrificing some ministry for it. I don't mind sacrificing something else, but mm. I, can, I, cannot, I cannot sacrifice being a father. So I, I don't think that I've been a great father. I, that's something that I want to try and be working on constantly. But, but that's a responsibility that like weighs heavy on my heart. Uh, when I talk about my kids, they make it very easy to be a great father because they are, they are, they constantly appreciate us. You know, I, I don't think I did that to my parents. You know, at this mm -hmm. age, these guys they appreciate us, make make cards for us. Yeah. They come and thank us. They come and make us feel so special, which uh, makes being a parent so easy. I like, you know, all the sacrifices or the changes that I have to make in my life to mm. serve them and help them and lead them. It makes it worth it because of the way mm. they uh, love us and they are expressive of their love for us. Mm. Of course, you know, my son expresses it differently than my daughter. My, my son is a foodie. Uh, and he's, uh, he's a character of his own. I, you know, I think that I can deal with him to some extent very well because he's, on the outside he looks like me, but on the inside he's fully my wife. So I just have to deal with him the way that I, <laughs> you know, would talk to my wife or how I would talk to, um, you know, how I would uh, have a normal conversation mm -hmm. with Rashmi and I know okay, this will be a non-natural conversation or a question or a concern she has. I know that's the exact thing that he will do. Whereas my daughter is my copy. You know, he, she, she thinks like me, feels like me, behaves like me. So I know when something is bothering her. I know when mm. and how to, you know, touch her heart. I think that it will be harder for me to parent my son than for me to parent my daughter but only time will tell me that uh, but again I, it's such such a joy they they make life very easy they make it such a pleasure to come back home you know mm. in this last seven years of being a parent I have never been home all the time you know it was only during the season of being shut down and locked mm. down where I have not traveled for a year and a half travel long for a mm. year and a half and I've like literally been at home every morning when they wake up and I've seen them grow in this last two years and and I've seen them become very secure and steady, you know, mm. uh, and, and strong in this last two years that I, I know how much it helps for a father being physically available as much as, you know, the other things. But 
uh, it's it's just be it's just such a big blessing. I can just talk about my kids for all day long. So sweet. Uh, thank you for sharing that part uh, of being a father. It was so amazing to hear. But I do want to ask: Can you tell me one thing uh, that you have um, learned from your daughter, and one thing you have learned from your son, if there is? Uh, one thing that I have learned from my daughter is how to adapt to different situations. Mm. She she is brilliant at doing that. She's not caught you know off guard and she wouldn't ruin her whole day because you know of a bad situation she mm. knows how to adapt to it wow. like there'll be a day when my wife and I we are fighting and she knows how to adapt she knows how to still make something good out, out of it and uh, make light of the moment change the topic she knows how to just come in and change the environment and I admire that about her I just feel like that's something I have I've enjoyed that about her and I love that about her as well. That's something I can learn that I don't have to lose my whole day or my mm. whole season because of one detail of uh, wow. the, the things going wrong. It's so deep. Yeah. Whereas my son, he is uh, he's a very unique personality. What what have I learned from him? I have uh, learned uh, how to be very intentional. He's he's somebody who is extremely intentional, extremely purposeful. He he knows what to do in a day. Like he wakes up in the morning and he's like, wait, today Elena had promised to buy me a Kindle Joy, you know, and she didn't buy me yesterday. It's today is the day. It has to happen today. Oh. How do I reach her? How can I text her? How can I remind her? Make sure that she brings it home. He 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 is somebody who is very intentional and purposeful. with his life he is of course you know somebody that is very much like my wife so very creative very mm. uh, much expressive in a very different way uh, so i would like to learn some of that from him i'm not like that naturally i would like to learn some of that from him and uh, he just his joy it is just incomparable you know i can Truly. if i can just be happy like him it's good <laughs> Yeah, we all can take that yeah. and be happy a lot. Um, thank you for expressing that of being a father and being a husband. But I also would want to ask you: Have uh, you ever uh, struggled to maintain a balance between not struggle, maybe faced a hard time maintaining a balance uh, between being a father or a husband and a pastor? Um, will will have one suffered for the other ever i think that the the balance that i i struggled to maintain was in my relationship with god mm. compared to the relationship all other human relationships mm. i i i feel that this is how it's been for mm. me okay i'm not judging yeah. or saying anything for anybody else but i for me personally any time i have slacked in my walk with god mm. it has affected everywhere else oh. it will affect my marriage it will affect my parenting it will affect my pastoral capacity it will affect everything else but the one thing that holds everything in balance is how i relate with god and how i walk with god wow. and the moment i i take my eyes off of god and put it 
a little bit more on my ministry mm. or let's say i i take the eyes i take my eyes off of the lord and i put it too much or more uh, a lot on my family mm. everything goes out of balance mm. i think god is the you know actual person holding all of it together for me uh, because i just received so much of direction and help and understanding as to what to do and what to avoid mm. when i'm walking with god it's not like the 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 problems are different or the challenges are different when i'm walking with god and when i'm mm. not walking with god like i'll face the exact same challenges even when i'm walking with god very intentionally mm. but now i have the understanding to solve that problem or to mm. at least uh, answer or at least to be peaceful and calm in that problem mm. compared to a time when i am not depending on the lord mm. and then i act in my flesh and then i try to solve things on my own and mm. everything goes for a toss so that's the that's the that's for me that has been the biggest struggle mm. to find time to read my bible every day mm. to find time to intentionally pray every day you know mm. to intentionally go to the presence of the lord and just um uh, just express my heart uh because now from the time you wake up in the morning till the time you sleep you almost are loaded with commitments church yeah. commitments home commitments um you know ministry yeah. commitments kids commitments yeah. now with online school happening i'm also there you know substitute yeah. teacher in person <laughs> all of that so sometimes that factor that wait my first love is jesus mm. it's not rashmi it's not zahal or israel it's not church my first love is jesus and it has to be jesus and mm. nobody else can take that place mm. so to keep that in check at all times that is like that is the the ultimate goal for me you know mm. if i can get that right i know that everything else will automatically fall in the right place in the right balance and i will not be overdoing or underdoing anything else so we are on to our last question we have made it so far uh which aligned with the answer that you just gave which was uh, amazing uh but i wanted to ask you what is the one thing um that kept you going regardless of whatever you went through in life as a pastor um that you never gave up because mm. uh, sometimes it can hit you hard yeah yeah I think for me uh, of course uh, just having a role model just mm. having my spiritual father out there who mm. would just be speaking grace speaking hope speaking life week after week um, there are several times when I've called him up and said I want to give up on my church or I want to give up on my marriage mm. or I don't think I can do this anymore this is this is become too hard for me this has become too challenging for me mm. and uh, just having somebody yeah. out there speaking god's heart into my life mm. uh, even when i am discouraged and when i am mm. broken and failing mm. uh, somebody who would just say no just hold on this mm. is what i want you to do right now uh, that was a big factor for me uh, i've had times when like i've gone through days when i didn't have it and i know how my life was directionless back then mm. and i've seen the blessing of having that in the last 10 years of my life and i can't go back to my old life i've just seen how 
having that voice over my life it just adds that that heavenly perspective to everything mm. because we are we are not made to function without external help without mm. physical people help yeah. we think that um, sometimes we also you know feel that okay god is all that i need it is true but the thing is god will use people mm, so it's true. not like uh, so jesus true. will come personally and sit with you and talk to you every day no he's going to use people mm. he would send an ananias to baptize a paul mm. when he has just met jesus man you know jesus was there jesus could have healed him of his blindness why do you need an ananias who is not even an apostle or not even so qualified or not even an as anointed as paul is going to be to come and pray for paul but god has his way of using people in your life mm. and uh, for me that has been such a big blessing to submitting to my spiritual parents submitting to uh, the corporate body of christ and mm. and seeing wait you know i have to be accountable my life have to be um transparent vulnerable where they can correct me they can you know mm. point out my faults i cannot be so important that nobody can you mm. know give me a feedback so true so all of that has like been a big help for me yeah wow. thank yeah. you so much for sharing that and thank you for answering all those questions thank now you. we move to the lighter part and the okay. fun part <laughs> do i get something for this do i get something to eat or like you know um you get the blessings of the lord. blessings of the lord okay <laughs> i was hoping for some chocolate some ice cream or okay. you know after this person <laughs> just like uh okay so uh if you don't know how rapid fire works you have to be really quick okay. you can't think can't process like Should i put a timer <laughs> no no, no. Huh? okay go ahead okay um, i'm not supposed to think <laughs> Like whatever comes in your mind first, you just answer. Okay, it has to be rapid. It has to be quick. Okay. Yeah, that's What it. What if it's uh, not, uh, you know, theologically correct and uh, what if doesn't Pastor? align with the Old Testament, <laughs> New Testament, Gospels, all of that? We'll get okay, to there. Okay, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay, first question: Who was the last person you texted, and what was the text? Who's the last person I texted? What was the text? Okay, the last person I texted should be um, should be uh, Sasha. I just texted her saying I'll pick up my kids ASAP. Yeah. Okay. The second question is the feeling uh, or reaction you had the first time you held uh, uh, Zahal and Israel. I don't think I can. express that feeling i okay. just cried okay good yeah. that's a good expression third question if you were to move to any other state or country right now uh-huh. where will you move if i have to move to any other state in india yeah or in any country okay if it's my choice i would like to move to delhi okay or if i if it's outside of india i'd like to move to dubai okay, okay. uh one hairstyle of yours that you regret though he had many yes <laughs> i i have enjoyed all of them but uh, the one where uh, i look like you know uh, uh i look like that daddy pic with that 
Oh, yeah, I remember Just that. Just tiny, tiny hair on my head. That's something I regret. Okay. Uh, if you could rename your wife, what would you name her? Rename her. Huh. Rename her. <laughs> rename my wife. What would I name her? Okay. It has uh, to be rapid. It has to be rapid. Okay, I will call her uh, Rachel or like Leah or no, I, I, don't, I don't know how I should. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can just. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I just dropped a bottle. Oh, J- Jacob that. didn't love Leah. No, okay, sorry, not Leah. Hmm. It will be Rachel. Okay. 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 Uh, next question What was your favorite cartoon or book if you prefer that growing up? I loved Dexter. Me too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the the next question is you have to fill in the blanks. Okay. Okay. When I dance, I look like a fool. <laughs> okay. Okay. Next, what is your dream car? Car. Yeah. Tesla. Okay. Um. Next is three worship postures that you do while you worship. Uh, three worship postures. That you do. Just do it. Hands up. Yeah. Hands down. Wide <laughs> open wide hands. Open. <laughs> okay, so we're on to our last uh, rapid fire question. For this, you need your phone. Okay. Um, so you have to. Uh, Can you op- take some pictures? Or no, 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 no. Google. No. No. Okay. You just do what I ask you okay. to do. <laughs> uh, pick up your phone okay. and call your mom or dad and say I love you and cut the call. Okay. Yeah. Uh, immediately, I I shouldn't. Uh, Wait for her answer. Mm, you you can tell you you will call them later or something. Okay, I should this should be on the speaker. Yes, of course. Okay. Uh, I think uh, the COVID uh, this will come first. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's absolutely fine. Hello. Hello. Okay, come on. Speaker. Hello. I think I'll have to retry her. Okay. Why mom was first? I want to ask later. But yeah, call. Namaskar. Covid nineteen. Oh. Hello. Ha, mummy. Ha, I just called to say that I love you. Ha? I just called to say that I love you. She can't believe it. She, she can't believe it. She can't believe that I would call her just to say this. Okay. I'm going to call you. Why? Why? I don't know. 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 സംസാരിക്കാൻ <laughs> 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 They, they, are, they are wondering what happened to me. <laughs> oh gosh. Onnu onnu illa me. Nan nan parayam nan explain cheyam. Nan tirichu velichu explain cheyam. Endu vaalu parayam. 
ഞാനൊരു വീഡിയോ ഷൂട്ടില് ഞാൻ വിളിച്ച് പറയാം എനിക്ക് ഒരു ഒരു മണിക്കൂർ കഴിഞ്ഞ് things or pictures that you posted last from the past uh you have to tell me what was on your mind when you posted it and why you posted it or like it's not all bad pictures but okay are you ready yes for you i'll put it down somewhere here that you can see it okay picture number 1 is this oh no oh, i don't know what i was thinking but i was just proud of my haircut really so, you were yeah I just felt that my head looks so in shape, you know? Okay, it does. The oval is perfect. I was okay. just admiring myself. Okay, so the next picture would be this. <laughs> the, I was just showing off my t-shirt. I was just too and happy to... And your shades. Shades? Oh, I think that, that was not my shades. I think that's the uh, day-night feature on my lenses. Oh, okay. But uh, I think I was show off, showing off my t-shirt. if i'm not wrong i don't remember this what day. does your t-shirt says it says that jesus loves you but i am his favorite and this is something i enjoyed uh, wearing yeah <laughs> okay so the next picture is this this kit oh, this is beautiful this is my uh, wedding day uh, where my uh, wife and i we are just it's, we are just done exchanging the vows and uh, uh, my spiritual father he's just uh, you know praying for us and blessing us so this is also a moment of celebrating our marriage and celebrating the blessing we received uh, at that point from our spiritual father yeah so it's nice beautiful. tell me what all is this ouch where yeah. did you get this from you only posted i posted it yeah. okay uh i think it says the these are the different faces that i make when i'm preaching yeah I may be preaching about sin on that day. It looks like I was uh, very disgusted. <laughs> I hope I don't make the same faces now. I hope so too. Okay, tell me about this uh, one. No. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I think I just wanted to tell people that I'm actually um you know, you actually what? I also do facials. <laughs> no, I think this is something Rashmi did. This is at home. Okay. Rashmi did this for me. So okay. I think I was appreciating my wife's work. Okay. Yeah. Such a nice husband. Okay, tell me about this. Yes, this is um like our first visit back to my parents' place after our marriage. Mm. And we wanted to take a family photo before the kids come because in this picture Rashmi is pregnant and we are about to welcome Zahal in the next few months. Uh so we wanted to do a family photo before the baby comes. Yeah. So nice. And you do have a brother. I have a brother. Yes. yes. He's handsome. He's better looking than I am. At you know, way better now than in that <laughs> picture, but yeah, he's uh, Okay. Yeah. Now he looks Love. good. He was in all yeah. That's he, what he, he's he's trying he to say. He looked good earlier also, but <laughs> now he looks like a stud, you know. Oh. That's he's a small boy in that. Okay. So the next picture is this. Okay. This is Zahal. Yeah. I think she was just a few days old in this her picture and uh, 
yeah I, this was my favorite position to carry her mm. my parents they would always freak out about me carrying her like this they would say mm. you know carry her like to this. carry her like this but for me her on my chest was like my favorite uh, position of carrying her yeah so sweet and this oh, no, one of my favorite is, pictures uh, this is like right after izzy and i woke up and uh, both of us had the similar expression and someone else clicked the photo to just tell us that we look, actually look, look alike. alike yeah we look alike and we have the similar expression i wasn't prepared for this picture it's just a random click i think rashmi clicked it oh, i thought you uh, posed i posted it later but no no posed i didn't i actually didn't post for this this was i had just woken up from sleep and he had also woken up from sleep and we just uh, we just she just caught us off guard in this moment yeah. so good okay tell me about this this was the moment i was so fascinated that my hair was flying in the wind really you know all through my life i've never grown my hair mm. and uh, at this point um i could see that the wind is actually affecting the direction i could see which direction the wind is flowing by seeing the direction of my hair and i was very fascinated by that so i thought this is wow worth remembering okay this is the last picture tell me about this uh this is the moment when uh, we went to wanderla in bangalore we were on a roller coaster ride and my wife was scared <laughs> i was scared too but i didn't want to admit it and, uh, yeah this is a fun day oh that was good so you had pretty good pictures there was very less there were funny Okay. Now there are uh, the next round is the assumptions that people make for you. Okay. So you don't get to explain. Okay. I just have to say yes and no. No. Yeah. Okay. You love cricket? Yes. You are a friend of God? God should say that, no? Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um the next assumption is he's scared of nothing. Um possible not sure i don't know okay possible yeah okay uh the next is he can pull off any crazy haircut i like to believe that yes i hope so <laughs> okay next uh, you were a worship leader of a church for a long time was i was i no i wasn't oh he wasn't okay um you love fruit yogurt yes Face changed. Yes. Glory came. Yes, that's something that you guys have to know as a fact. Okay. You know, I love yogurt and I love fruit and yogurt. That's double blessing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, he doesn't know Hindi. Is the next assumption. I know Hindi. ये हिंदी में बोल के बताइए. मुझे हिंदी पता है. आती है. आती है. Okay. Good. Okay so the next assumption about you is Hari Rao is your sibling. Uh as much as I would like that uh, it's not true but yeah, we sometimes do look alike. Yeah. Sometimes when my hair is not as wild as it is now. You've heard that before also? Yeah. Good. Um next is Pastor Priji drives as car, his car as slow very slow and safe. No. Okay. Uh next question is he is in ma- he is madly in love with android and hates iphone. 
Why will somebody accuse me of something like that? You that wanted is, to show your phone. That's <laughs> <laughs> a big no. Okay. I, I love my um, He is a chai lover. He is a chai lover. Chai? Chai? Chai lover, no. <laughs> Wrong. Sorry. Okay. Pastor Priji has a church in Kenya. I do or I did. Now we don't. Okay. Uh, the last one is he hates pets, especially dogs. Uh, he only has a dog because of his wife and his and his kids. No, I'm the reason for <laughs> the dog in the, the house. The dog in the house. Yeah, I love dogs. My Instagram feed and the whole thing is full of dog pictures and dog. Instagram feels that I love dog more than anything else in life. So all the suggestions are about dogs. Okay, there's one last thing. So. Um, you are secretly a model. I'm secretly a model. Hmm. Model for like uh, brands or model, fashion model. I would like to be, but no, I'm not. Okay, that's all the assumptions that people made about you. And here we come to an end of this episode with you. It was so amazing. You shared um, so many insights that I take back from this interview. And uh, I'll always have a part it as a part of my life. So, so, so thankful to you, Thank you uh, for doing this, saying a yes to me and blessing so many people out there. So thank you so much for doing this. Before we end, is there something that you want to say? I think that uh, we don't really value the content that we get online as mm -hmm. much as we value a physical church that we go to. Uh, and I think uh, we have somehow learned to just take all, all of these content for granted. Mm. And uh, I, I want to thank her for what she's doing. And I want to thank all those people that work behind the scenes to you know, make this happen. And, uh, uh, you know, you may not see this as a big thing, but I, you know, I'll tell you from my personal thing. I would uh, very rarely like if I'm blessed with something, will I walk away? Even if it's an online content, will I walk away without? Even if it is just, you know, a small thing that I can do, if it's a share or if it's, if I can contribute financially, I'll do that. If I'm able to send it to somebody else who can, you know, be mm. blessed by it, I'll do that. Uh, you know, we, we would do that about our churches and, you know, our, our physical churches. We tithe into those churches. We financially mm. contribute into these churches. But, but then we are surrounded by online content all the time. Mm. And what do you actually do to say that, man, I, I value this. I just, I just don't want to listen to this and get away from this, but I value this. I value the investment that you've taken. Now, I know how much effort you've taken, Abdullah. And I'm not just talking about mm. only you, but in general, in general. how much uh, online creators, they, they put effort, effort behind the scene. And sometimes up, people they you know they don't see all the things that goes behind the scene and all the hard work that goes all the financial investment there are microphones cameras lights you know venue all these things that cost a lot of money and how much effort we've put in to bring out content so i think one thing that i will tell our people is never take anything for granted that if you're getting something uh, you don't have to wait for um, like a big phenomenal shift or change so that you can help or uh, you know if you don't have anything else commit to saying okay 
for every episode that you do at the live would like to support so much or you can say i would like to volunteer in uh, you know helping you create the script or content or whatever you know you if if you are blessed with something you have to be willing to give that a part of yourself uh, by saying okay i would like to sow into this i'd like to serve this and that that goes a long long way yes yeah. you're not supposed to make me emotional right here right uh but uh, what you said is so true just not because it's about me it's so true out there like uh, yeah. because i'm doing it now i know that a lot goes behind yeah. this yeah uh but thank you for saying that and saying yes to me and doing this uh giving us your place and everything you've been so supportive to do this uh, i'm so grateful for you Uh thank you uh for watching. I know that you're blessed by whatever Pastor Priji shared cuz uh he shared to be uh with his heart truly and I know it reached yours. Thank you for watching this episode. This is Tales to Testimony where we share real humans, real hearts and real stories. I'll see you in my next episode. Till then stay blessed and take care. Take testimony. Hold on, I'm holding. So get, they'll record, and then we say take, and then oh, okay, okay. give two seconds, and then we start. Take the testimony, season two, Pastor Preji.